What is going on, all you wonderful A-plusers out there? It is I, Stuart, here once again with another Superman and Lois review. Sorry, my adventures with Superman review. Uh, got the two shows with Superman that I have reviewed on this channel confused for a moment there. Uh, but regardless, I am back again with another review for this show. And if you hear any background music or anything like that, um, that is because currently we have outside lands going on here in the city. And I am uh, like literally just a few blocks away from it. So you'll probably hear whatever... Uh, you know, whatever band it's currently playing, you might just kind of hear that in the background. I apologize. It is what it is. Um, but you know, all that being said, let's get into this episode and talk about it. So, um, the episode of course takes place uh, a little bit after the previous episode with, uh, now Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen knowing the identity, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, knowing the identity of, uh, Clark Kent as Superman. Uh, you get kind of a cute moment where uh, Clark is showing Jimmy and Lois his, uh, you know, everything he knows basically about his origin, including, um, you know, some tech from uh, his planet that was, you know, of course, we've, we've seen before the uh, tech that kind of uh, gave him his costume. And uh, that's, you know, he basically tells them everything that he knows, which is practically nothing. Uh, but the next day, Lois and uh, Clark are about to go on their very, their very first date and Clark wants everything to just go uh, smoothly and normal. But um, unfortunately for him, he gets tricked by none other than Mr. Mixes Pitalik. Yes, Miss Mixie Pitalik is in this episode. Mixes Pitalik, I forget. Something Pitalik. The, the, the basically the, um, the magical creature from another dimension. Uh, you know, we've seen him in so many different, uh, you know, uh, different versions of this, but this is the most anime looking version we've had of this character. But it's still the same uh, character regardless, even though he has a very different design. Uh, my per personal headcanon, because uh, it is stated that every version that we see of Mixes Pitalik is supposed to be the same uh, version. So, you know, for example, even though he looks different in the uh, DC animated universe, so the, um, you know, Superman anime series Justice League, it is uh, technically supposed to be the same version as him. I just go with the assumption that he likes to change form uh, depending on the universe that he's in, and because he's in a universe that is very much a, a very anime-style universe, uh, he chose to have a more anime-looking form. Uh, you know, kind of gives me vibes of Majin Buu and Beerus, but basically, he tells Superman that Lois has been captured and he needs his help in order to save her. But then we cut to Lois Lane and see that she has not been captured, uh, but she is approached by uh, four other versions of, of Lois Lane from the multiverse who tell Lois Lane that uh, Superman is working with Mixes Pitalik and they need her help to stop him. Um, something I uh, really like, uh, you know, as an Easter egg that they do here is uh, we see different versions of Clark uh, through uh, Mixes Pitalik as he's like changing his design over and over. And one of them that we see is, of course, the DC Animated Universe version of Clark Kent, which, of course, you know, growing up, that was my Superman, pretty much. Uh, I, you know, when it came to uh, the Batman animated series, the Superman animated series, and of course, especially Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Also, you know, st uh, Static Shock and Batman Beyond, all of those shows, uh, you know, I just grew up loving them. Um, you know, wish I wish that Teen Titans could have been connected to that universe, but, uh, you know, they kind of decided to go in their own direction with Teen Titans, which is totally fine. It was still a great show. It just a couple of tweaks here and there with the uh, continuity, and it could have fit right into uh, that whole universe, uh, you know, what could have been, in other words. Uh, but 
you know, regardless, uh, Superman finds out that he's actually been tricked and that Mrs. Pitalik just needs him in order to uh, break into this place that is apparently uh, teleportation proof. I have very, a lot of questions of the science behind that, but regardless, uh, he, he his true intention is to get his hat that basically gives him all his powers again. And uh, we see that the Loises in this uh, Council of Loises, kind of similar to the Council of Wells, Council of Ricks, Council of Reeds, uh, you you know all the different types of councils of one person you have uh you now have one with the lowest lanes uh but they think that this superman might be evil so they try to shoot him down with a kryptonite blaster um it doesn't work because this superman he, he's one that knows how to get back up after getting knocked down and he does eventually help the different lowest lanes capture uh mixes Pitalik, and then they escape because these lowest lanes do not trust superman uh but at the very end of the episode mixes Pitalik escapes from custody from the different Lois Lanes and reveals to Lois that there are different versions of Superman in which he actually does turn out to be evil and we do see a couple that are very familiar. Uh, one in particular is of course the Red Sun Superman. Uh, I definitely thought that was a very cool uh, Easter egg right there. Um, it would have been kind of cool also if we had uh, the Superman from uh, Morgan Edge's uh, universe or no, no, not his universe, but from that Superman and Lois universe where John Henry Irons come from comes from in that show. It would have been kind of a cool Easter egg if they had it there, but uh, they, they didn't, which is totally fine. I'm pretty sure when it comes to the continuity of the multiverse, they're probably just sticking strictly to animated universes, uh, if even that. Uh, but we do have not just like kind of Easter eggs when it comes to uh, the Superman animated series, but also, of course, to some original Clark Kent designs that we get from like really old comic books to kind of some more modern comic books. I do really like uh, all these Easter eggs kind of there uh, as a fun nod. I do have to give a nitpick though to kind of their uh, multiverse rules when it comes to uh, this episode in particular because uh, you know, when you're going with the multiverse and you're establishing that it's connected to, you know, other DC properties out there, you know, and then you kind of say that the, there's this whole like society of Lois's that we've never heard of. That's where my suspension of disbelief kind of comes into place because, uh, you know, we've never heard of this Council of Lois from any other animated adaptation of Superman or any other comic book adaptation of Superman. I also wasn't really a big fan of the idea that all of these different Lois lanes were um, not really, were basically um, willing to go full on Ben Affleck Batman on Superman. And by which I mean, there's a line in Batman v Superman, I'm sure that everyone remembers uh, because it was in the trailer, but it's basically uh, Bruce Wayne saying he has the power to uh, wipe out all of humanity. If there's even a small chance of that, you know, happening, we have to take it as an absolute certainty. Um, I always hated that line. That's the most un-Batman line that you could possibly have. Uh, so it's weird having a whole council of Lois Lanes that also kind of go with that philosophy. They have no reason to believe that this version of Superman is evil. They have every reason to believe that he's just been tricked by Mixus Pitalik because that's what he does. He's a trick. He, he's a trickster god being basically. Um, so seeing them just wanting to go immediately and just try to shoot him down with a kryptonite blaster, it, it just seems very out of place for a council of Lois Lanes to do. Um, and I was hoping there was going to be some explanation that they, they don't actually represent a majority of Lois Lanes out there, but there isn't that explanation though. We see that there's an entire base for different Lois Lanes, uh, and they even give a shout out to, of course, going back to the DC animated universe, they shout out to that version of Lois Lane because we see a statue of her. 
Um, but there's nothing to like necessarily indicate that this is a small portion of Lois Lane's because they live they they live in this huge base that could fill like an entire like you know basically city of Lois Lane's. They they live in like a base like that. So it kind of makes me think that like uh, this is like in this universe they're trying to say that Lois Lane's throughout the multiverse are willing to cross that line uh, even if there's only a small chance that they have to. To me that just is not a very Lois Lane like thing to do. Maybe sometime down the line if we visit uh, this council of Lois Lane's later on they might rectify that by saying that it is a very small portion of Lois Lane's. This does not include a big portion of Lois Lane's uh, throughout the multiverse. I'm hoping we get something like that but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see uh in that area i did really love how they use the multiverse as a way to foreshadow certain uh aspects of superman going forward uh, especially when it comes to the superman superman lore um one area in particular is when it came to name dropping krypton and uh this being the first time that superman has heard the name krypton uh learning for the first time the name of his home planet um it, it's it kind of reminds me of something they did with adventure time now i didn't really keep up with adventure time back in the day but this is just uh, things that I hear that have happened in the show Adventure Time. Whereas like Finn loses his arm at some point in the show. And what was cool is that they kind of foreshadow that because there are, uh, they also do like the multiverse uh, storylines in Adventure Time. And there are apparently episodes where they visited uh, universes where apparently Finn uh, was missing an arm. So um, I do, I do like it when you really play around with the multiverse in that areas and you foreshadow uh, certain things that we could be seeing potentially down the line. And I think that, they uh, did a cool job of doing that in this uh, episode. Uh, so overall, guys, you know, just another really fun episode. Uh, not uh, not amazing. I had some nitpicks here and there. Uh, again, when it comes to multiversal storylines, um, you do kind of risk uh, making kind of plot holes, not for your show in particular, but when it comes to other DC properties in particular, other established uh, DC universes out there, you kind of risk making a plot hole for all of those shows. And I think they kind of did with the whole count of uh, Lois's, um, I do think there was a little bit of a plot hole when it came to that. Again, I think they should have just established that the Lois lanes that we've seen there were pretty much the entirety of the Council of Lois's, but they kind of imply that there are a lot more out there, and so that's kind of my big nitpick. But other than that, fun episode, not great. Not as, didn't hit me as uh, much as the previous two episodes, but still fun. But overall, guys, at the end of the day, those are just my A-plus opinions. We here at A-plus opinions always want to know what you guys think, so definitely let me know your thoughts on the episode in the comments below. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe to our channel. But of course, guys, above all, don't forget to keep it A-plus, and I will talk to you all later. Goodbye.